You are listening to Prophet Pearls with Nehemia Gordon and Keith Johnson, exploring biblical prophecy for yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Welcome back to Prophet Pearls. This is Keith Johnson with Nehemia Gordon on a two-part series. That's right, folks. This week and next week, they didn't mess around. They gave us the entire passage in context. We are in the book of Jeremiah, and I love it when you can start not only at the beginning of a chapter, but the beginning of a book. So there's no way we're going to talk about this session without uh, giving some context. Nehemia, we are in the land of the uh, prophets. Jeremiah didn't live far from here. He actually walked these streets where we've been. Boy, oh boy, let's get right into this. But before we start, I'm going to put you on the, you're from Hebrew University. I'm sure you must have studied. What's Jeremiah's name? What does his name mean? Where does he come from? What's the context? What time of the history is Jeremiah in? Come on, I'm asking you to do it. Yeah. So, um. No, no, back up, folks. The, what do you mean? Uh, yeah. No, <laughs> Nehemiah. Well, I think we talked, I need you, no. I think we talked about what his name means. I'm oh. sure we did. Yirmiyahu mm-hmm. is Yehovah will lift up. Yarim uh, Yahu. Yehovah okay. Yarim. Okay. Yirmiyahu is Yehovah will lift up. And actually, um, there was a king of Israel, wasn't there, uh, who had a similar name, mm-hmm. um, who had the name, uh, Yehoram, mm-hmm. which is, uh, actually there were two kings, one of Israel, one of, uh, Judah, mm-hmm. uh, named, uh, Joram or Yehoram, which is the same name as Jeremiah, just backwards. You know, when you have that yud vav of God's name at the beginning, it's always yes. Yeho. And at the end of a name, it's always Yahu of these compound names. Mm-hmm. So Yehoram and Yirmiyahu are the same exact name. Yehovah will lift up. Mm-hmm. And where was he from? Well, I mean, I don't, I don't need to go to Hebrew University of Jerusalem to know where he's from. It says in the words of <laughs> Yirmiyahu, the son of Chilkiyahu, from the Kohanim, from the priests who were in Anatot. Mm. In the land of Benjamin. Where is Anatot? That's in today, modern-day Israel. Actually, today it's a neighborhood of Jerusalem Absolutely. called Pisgat Ze'ev. Pisgat Ze'ev. And inside or within the area of, uh, next to that is is a uh, part of that is a place called An- Anata, is the modern name uh, of, of Anatot. Mm-hmm. Anatot. Um, and uh, so it's, it's actually about five kilometers or three miles from ancient Jerusalem, but it's actually within the borders of modern-day Jerusalem, Anatot, in the land of Benjamin. And we talked about, I'm pretty sure, about how um, how there was a priest in the time of, uh, of of David who then under Solomon, he went and supported Solomon's brother, Adoniyahu. His name was Eviatar, mm-hmm. and he was a descent of Eli, the, the priest from Shiloh. And so Eviatar was banished to Anatot mm-hmm. um, rather than serving in the temple. And so perhaps Yirmiyahu or Jeremiah is a descendant of Eli, or of, um, of Eli and Eviatar, we don't know. But he definitely is from the same town, the Kohanim, who are in Anatot, in the land of Benjamin. Um, and, Ju- and ancient Jerusalem actually was on the border between Judah and Benjamin. So mm-hmm. modern-day Jerusalem, a large part of it is in the land of Benjamin. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and what period did he, did he prophesy? Well, I don't, again, I don't need to go to Hebrew University to know that it was in the days of Josiah, the son of Ammon, king of Judah, in the 13th year of his reign. So I could tell you from my – and also in the days of Jehoiakim, the son of Yoshiahu of Josiah, um, until the 12th year of Tzidkiah. So basically, um, Josiah, who was the, the king – he was active around, um, or his famous uh, action was around the year 621 BCE. Mm-hmm. I don't know where they get that 621 BCE, but that's what the, the scholars uh, assign it to. That he, uh, they call this the reform of Josiah. Josiah was the king who uh, he discovered, or his, his high priest named Hilkiah or Hilkiah, hence the name of my. Uh, publisher Hilkiah Press. Mm-hmm. Hilkiah discovered this Torah in the temple after Josiah had ordered for the temple to be renovated, and um, and then he hears the Torah read and he tears his clothes and he says, "Wait, we've been sinning. We didn't know we were sinning." Um, so it's during the reign of the same Josiah that uh, Jeremiah starts to prophesy, and he continues into the reign of Josiah's um, son, um, two of his sons, Jehoiakim and, and uh, Sidkiyahu. And actually, interestingly, in this. Um, in this introduction here in verses one through three of the book of the first three verses of Jeremiah, there's someone who I just am noticing for the first time is not mentioned. And that is the, the second to last king of, of Israel, whose name is, uh, is uh, Yehoiachin, or is mm-hmm. he, was he the third to last? I always get that confused. Mm-hmm. But there's actually, they're actually not mentioning him, even though he's mentioned later in the book of Jeremiah. Yes. But that's a whole discussion unto itself. So, yeah, that's Jeremiah. Well, I want to say this when I'm reading this uh, in, as we prepare it's like I said. One of the things that's a little frustrated about Prophet Pearls is that we're 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 committed to do the portions that um that have been selected, and and every once in a while Nehemiah goes beyond and, and does a little more, a little after, a little before, and every once in a while I get caught up and say, well, we can't talk unless we talk about this. And but basically, it's a little bit frustrating because there I know there's so many people that are listening 
some of the people who, who do are very familiar with the prophets, but there are many people, Nehemiah, that aren't, aren't familiar with the prophets. And a lot of the reasons that sometimes people read the prophets, but they don't ever go into any depth to kind of find out what's going on. Well, I think this is just one of those great examples where we get to understand, though we've done several sections in Jeremiah, now we're going back to the beginning. This is actually the beginning of his his process. So talking about him coming from a, a son of Hilkiah, and I think about this, I think about what that town must have been like. I don't know if that was the town of the priests or if there were many priests there or only priests there, but definitely Jeremiah comes from that household. So think about that. That's yeah. his that's his that's his context. We talk about you when you talk about your, your context regarding rabbinical teaching, it isn't like you just came along one day and said, you know, let me tell you what I think about the, the issue with the rabbis. You actually grew up in, in, in a family with a, with a rabbi. Mm-hmm. And, and that has, um, if I can say, it has, it has helped inform you on how you have you know, approached scripture and, and, and whatever you're doing now, the point is that's where you come from. And so when I think about Jeremiah and reading the books, in, like we talk about language, history, and context, there are times when I'm reading in Jeremiah, I have to be reminded, this is where he comes from. This is who he is. This is who his father was. Mm-hmm. And, and this is the context in which he was um, he was prophesying. Right. So I think this well, is one of the great introductions yeah. for prophets because it gives, you, it gives you Jeremiah. It gives you his father. It gives you the context of his teaching. It gives you the kings that he was actually under. And, you know, wow, I think it's pretty well, interesting. And, and, and to me, the context here is... Um, there's something tragic about living in Anatot as a Kohen, as a priest. Mm-hmm. So Anatot is basically like two hills over from the Temple Mount. Mm-hmm. And imagine if on Yom Kippur, we're, we're, we've, we're given this description in, in, the, in the writings of the rabbis about the ceremony on Yom Kippur, at least how it was in Second Temple times, yes. where the, they would have the high priest and he would come out and he would pray a certain prayer, which was actually based, wasn't so much a prayer, it was a recitation of these passages from uh, Leviticus 16. And as part of the recitation, he would proclaim the name of Yehovah ten times. Mm-hmm. And we're told in the, these writings that, that the high priest would come out doing the sacrifice. He would proclaim the name of Yehovah. And it, it wasn't just something that went by really quickly and easily. Whenever he would proclaim that name, there was this pause. And the entire congregation standing there in the temple would bow down on their hands and knees. And they would proclaim, Baruch Shem Kavod Malchuto Leolam Ba'ed. Blessed is the glorious name of his kingdom forever. And imagine you're Jeremiah and Anatot, and your family's been banished from serving in the temple. But on Yom Kippur, you can actually hear it. Mm. I mean, there, it would echo through the hills, and, you, and it's close. It's far enough away that you can't be involved, but it's, but it's close enough that you could actually hear it echoing through the hills. And you would hear that, that the congregation proclaiming, blessed is the glorious name of the kingdom. And you know that the priests are there in the temple offering the service, and you're sitting there in your, in your exile. Um, you're in the land but you're exiled from service in the temple because you remember what happened in the time of, of Eli and his sons and that whole situation and with Eviatar and, and, um, and essentially betraying the Messiah, the, the, the king of Israel, Solomon. Mm-hmm. And, 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 you know, you, you backed the wrong Messiah, <laughs> and so your family was banished mm-hmm. to Anato. Imagine you're close enough to hear it, but you can't be involved. And, and mm-hmm. there must be, there's this tragedy in Jeremiah's, even in his past, in his background. And, and in some respects, wait a minute, this guy comes from Anatot? He's banished, and he shows up in Jerusalem and says, exactly. you, got, you guys in the temple, you're sinning. Exactly. I've got a message from the creator that, of the universe. That is the doesn't key. matter if my family was banished. I've got the message because he called me into his mm-hmm. presence. Mm-hmm. And you know what's interesting about that, Nehemiah? Mm-hmm. So when we get right into the call of Jeremiah, what you just brought up, but I think is so powerful. So by knowing the context, you know, Jeremiah, again, people can just, you know, Jeremiah the prophet, Jeremiah the prophet. Jeremiah but was knowing, a bullfrog. No, yeah, well, no, was Jer- Jer- Jeremiah was, uh, was, was, was banished and kicked out. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, and yeah. now he's going to do this. So before he does it, what does the father do? This is really interesting him. to me. But now how does he call him? He calls him and he gives him this, like what I call, yeah. let's, let's talk about it. Yeah. Let's yeah. get right to it. The word of Yehovah came to me saying, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Now, when you read verse 5, at least for me, when I read verse 5, before I knew you, formed you in the womb, I knew you, I immediately think about the Psalms, mm. you know, like this idea of being knit together in the mother's womb, you know, and, 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 and like he's coming to him and he's giving, them, he's giving this to Jeremiah. And Jeremiah says this. Oh, he says, ah, Aha. <laughs> alas, <laughs> what? What? <laughs> sovereign, it says here in English, uh, it says in uh, English, the English Bible in NIV, ah, sovereign Lord. I said, Lord Jehovah, I, I do Jehovah. not speak 
I do not know how to speak. What does this remind you of when you hear that, by the way? I do not know how to speak. Reminds me of Moses. Exactly. <laughs> it reminds me of Moses also. And then he says, I'm only a child. Now, is there any way for us to know what he means by that? I mean, to me, it's clear what he means. What is Yehovah he is saying, look, I've chosen you as a prophet. Even before you were born, I, you were the one who I've appointed as a prophet to the nations. Mm-hmm. And he hears this and he's like, me from Anatot? My family was rejected. And I'm just a kid. <laughs> There's high priests in Jerusalem. Don't bother me. What are you talking about? Yeah. Just, me, no. And, and he's like, look, I, I don't even know. How, I, I, I don't know how to go before a crowd and speak. You, I'm just a little boy. What What do you, what? what? And, and it's interesting because what does his name mean? It means Yehovah will lift him up. Mm. And Yehovah is th- saying like, look, I, I'm lifting you up. I don't care. What, he, there's no getting around this. Do we ever find out anything about Jeremiah's age? What you got? No, I don't think so. we don't. And don't and so, so all we know is he says here, I'm a child. And right. then we don't we don't know what that means, really. We don't know how old he was or anything well, he like could that. be, you know, he could be 42. Mm-hmm. And he's thinking like, look, there's old men there who are the elders. Who am I to come before the elders and tell mm-hmm. them they're sinning mm-hmm. and tell them they're not following the word of God? Wow. Well, and this is where we get into this conversation about the call. And so here's what I love about the, the next the next verse. So Yehovah says to him, uh, <clears throat> Don't you say to me that you're only a child. <laughs> Is that a quote? Yeah, it's a quote. That's your paraphrase. <laughs> no, that's that's my paraphrase. No, it's what he says. Do not say I'm a youth or I'm a... In fact, let's ask a question to him. Yeah. When Jeremiah says child, is it the same word that he uses for child here? Just I'm what just throwing this out oh, here. Oh, oh, verse yeah. 7. Yeah, so for another word... Antum al Don't say I'm a na'ar. A na'ar. Did, did Jeremiah say... He says, ki na'aranochi, for I'm a ch- surely I'm a child. Mm-hmm. Same exact phrase. He says, don't say. Mm-hmm. You know what this reminds me of? Mm-hmm. This reminds me of Isaiah 56. I, I know it's a little off topic, but here's this phrase, al tomar, do not say X, Y, Z. And in Isaiah 56, we've got that passage, uh, you know, we've both talked about this <laughs> many times. Here, here it comes, folks. He says, here comes Isaiah 56. Here he can do about the seventh time. <laughs> <laughs> I love this. So, but here we have a great example of, he says in verse 3, al yomar ben let not the son of the Gentile who joins himself to Yehovah say, yeah. Surely Yehovah has separated me from his people. Mm-hmm. You must not say that if you're a Gentile because you're part of Yehovah's people. Don't mm-hmm. say, oh, I'm not really part of God's people. Mm-hmm. That's where he's saying here, don't say, I'm just a boy. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what he just said. So he's saying, don't say that. Why? For all that I will send you, you shall go. And all that I command you, you will speak. Man, I love that. I love that yeah. phrase. I love that phrase because he's saying, listen, I'm going to be the one to send you, go. I'm going to be the one that commands you, speak. Now, here's, mm-hmm. the, here's the beauty of that for me. If he's the one that's sending, I'm going. Mm-hmm. And if he's giving me a message, I'm speaking. It's when you don't feel like mm-hmm. he's the one that sent you or when you don't have a message from him. That's where I think there is an issue. You know, we, we should yeah. be real, really careful. But when you know he sent you and when you know he's giving you the message, he's saying you've got to be able to go forward and speak. And then when he gets to verse eight, he says, isn't this yeah. funny? Now is an example of fear versus seeing. Last week right. we talked about the seeing and right. I, was, I was trying to debate you and you wouldn't you wouldn't you wouldn't be baited. But I was saying, look at see. Yeah. Here now we see. By the way, Dude. if I want to ignore the vowels in Hebrew, mm-hmm. you know, I want to say, Oh, those vowels, those masters just made them up. Mm-hmm. I could say I could read this and say, Do not see because of that. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Because the only difference here, and actually the vowels wouldn't even necessarily be different. Mm-hmm. It's that uh, what we call the historical yud, mm-hmm. which tells me uh, that the root of the word is yud. It's a silent yud yes. that tells me that the root is yud reshalaf and not reshalaf. Hey, did wow. we have a word of the week last week? No, we didn't have a word of the week last week, and I feel very bad What's about it in? after we got Uh-oh. done. No, we gotta you know, it. folks, I got to say I know something. what this word is. Can I just throw out a little, uh, can I just throw something out to our Prophet Pro partners and Everyone else, basically, our Prophet Pro partners for this week are the Maccabees. They've, 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 hey, Maccabees. The Maccabees have already um, supported us on several occasions. You know, we're, things have changed radically from when we first put this out there. When we first put it out there, we were on tour. We were telling people, look, we're going to be going through these. We want to get your comments. But I want to say to folks, even if you think, well, oh, I didn't, I didn't get my comments, it is really important. Can I say it again? It's really important. When we're going through these sections and it's time to have comments, People around the world are reading the comments. And so we want to challenge you to put your comments right at the comments of NehemiahsWall.com and BFAInternational.com. Many, many, many people are reading those comments, and we love to have the communication. Oh, man. So anyway. Join the conversation. Do not be afraid of them. Do not be afraid to post your comments. <laughs> yes, for I am with you mm-hmm. to deliver you. 
is what it says here. Mm-hmm. Um, for I am with you to to deliver you. Neum Yehovah saith Yehovah. Then comes the fun part. Here yeah. comes the demonstration, Nehemiah. Can you imagine this now? Look, yeah. can you imagine this? And it says, and then Yehovah stretched out his hand and touched my mouth. Then now where do we now where do we now where do we get that at? Isaiah. It you know, reminds me, yeah, yeah. But, but there it was the angel that took the coal and put it on exactly. His mouth, right? Put it, yeah, put the angel put the coal on his mouth. So he stretches out his hand and he touches my mouth. And Yehovah said to me, "Now, behold." I put my words in your mouth. Can you imagine that's that? That's amazing. <laughs> that's such a powerful image. What a great image. Like, wait a minute. Hold on. Now, so literally he reaches out. I mean, is this, is this just an image, Nehemiah? Is it, is this, did this really happen? I mean, it happened in a vision. Where, where does it say it happened in a vision? Well, we're told that a man cannot see Jehovah and live. So I take that to mean this is a vision. Folks, we're going to re- uh, stop the recording here for a minute. <laughs> Just a second now. Why, no, 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 don't stop Whoa. the recording. Don't you dare stop the recording. Look, no. So, so now, no, we're, now you, you're going to force me to go back I'm to, gonna to force the you. numbers. Yes. Um, and there it says, you know, this is the whole thing where Moses has this interaction with, with Miriam and she gets the leprosy. Remember this? Mm. Um, and so this is, this is really a fundamental principle in the Tanakh. It's, you know, um, let's see. Uh, Numbers chapter 12, verse 6, mm-hmm. and it says, I'll read you in the JPS, and I'll go back to the Hebrew. He said, uh, and he said, hear these my words. When a prophet of Jehovah arises among you, I make myself known to him in a vision. I speak with him in a dream. Not so with my servant Moses. He is trusted throughout my household. With him I speak mouth to mouth. Yes, sir, yes, sir, yes. Plainly yes, yes. and not in riddles, and he yes, holds yes, yes, the yes, likeness yes. of Jehovah. Yes, sir, yes, yes. How then did you not shrink from speaking against my servant Moses? So we've got this fundamental every prophet, whoever came or ever will come, has an experience which he, Scripture calls Mara, a vision. Um, Moses was different, and the difference is that Moses was fully awake. He wasn't in a trance, he wasn't asleep, and he saw Jehovah. Spoke to him face to face. I don't know what that means exactly, but uh, I, mean, it's, I mean, we could take it pre- as something pretty straightforward. He was fully awake, fully conscious. All the other prophets are in some sort of a trance, some sort of a vision. It doesn't mean it's not real, but they're they're in this spiritual experience where they're seeing it. Moses is talking to him, just like I'm talking to you right now, Keith mm-hmm, Johnson, mm-hmm. standing, sitting face to face, talking mm-hmm, to you. Mm-hmm. So too was Moses speaking to Jehovah. Not Jeremiah, mm-hmm. and Jeremiah tells us how he had his, how he had his visions. Yeah. He, he talks about how he'd be standing in the council of Jehovah, mm-hmm. and he challenges the other prophets. He said, "You know, if, if you had that kind of vision, tell us about it." Mm-hmm. But um, you know, did you hear Jehovah speak those words standing in this heavenly court? Yeah. Now, is the heavenly court a physical place? I, I mean, I don't think so. Um, I don't know. I don't know how to understand that as a physical place. But for example, Jeremiah, yeah. Jeremiah twenty three eighteen. Yes. Um, it says, but he who has, uh, or let's go back and give him the context. Um, let's see. Uh, verse 16, I'll start. Jeremiah twenty three sixteen. Thus says Jehovah of hosts, do not listen to the words of the prophets who prophesy to you. They are deluding you. The prophecies they speak are not are from their own minds, not from the mouth of Jehovah. They declare to men who despise me, Jehovah has said, all shall be well with you. Meaning the prophets are making That's this right. stuff up to That's those right. who despise Jehovah. All shall be well with you. And to all who follow their willful hearts, they say, no evil shall befall you. You got nothing to worry about. You're saved. Everything's good. And he says in verse 18, but he who has stood in the council of Jehovah, and that council is this is this place chapter, we see in the vision. Jeremiah 23, 18. Yes. Who, but he who has stood in the council of Jehovah and has seen and heard his word, he who has listened to his word must obey. So here he's saying, look, they're just making stuff up. They're telling you what you want to hear. I actually heard him speak to his angels. You know, we have that image in um, yeah. 1 Kings 22 and in the book of Job and a number of places. We've talked about this. Mm-hmm. There's this heavenly court, the heavenly council where Jehovah is speaking to the angels. Mm-hmm. And the prophet is standing there and hearing them speak. And that's how Jeremiah knows what he knows. He, he, he's, um, you know, he's, uh, he, hears the, he hears these things happening. He goes on. I'll skip ahead. Verse 21, I did not send those prophets, but they rushed in. I did not speak to them, yet they prophesied. Verse 22, if they have stood in my council, God is saying, and the council, again, is this heavenly court, let them announce my words to my people and Amen. make them turn back from their evil way, evil ways and wicked acts. Yeah. So um, so the point here is that Jeremiah stood in the council of Jehovah. I say it's in a vision because that's what I read in Numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to, you know, disagree. 
If you want to disagree about that, all right, we can have that conversation. Nope. One more verse, Amos chapter 3, verse 7, since, since you opened the door. Mm-hmm. Um, it says, Lord Yehovah will not do any matter except he has revealed his counsel, it literally says, same word as in Jeremiah, mm-hmm. to his servants, the prophets. In other words, he's speaking these things to the angels. The prophets are invited to come in and, and hear if mm-hmm. Yehovah is going to do some major thing. Amen. And then in this situation, you know, this image of Yehovah stretching out his hand and touching his mouth. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. And and that fits perfectly the image of the council. Because remember, um, you know, uh, that's exactly what Isaiah and Ezekiel describe. They're standing there and they see the throne and they see the, you know, the different angels around the throne proclaiming, you know, holy, 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 etc. That's the council of Yehovah. And Jeremiah Mm -hmm. is telling us he stood in the same council. Mm -hmm. And so that's where I believe this is happening. Yeah. Awesome. See, I have appointed you this day over the nations and over the kingdoms. To pluck up and to break down, to destroy and to overthrow, to build and to plant. And before you uh, say anything about this, I just want to give people Jeremiah 18, 7 through 10, Ezekiel 32, 18 and 2. Is that homework? And then, uh, yes, homework. And then also and to build and to plant, uh, Isaiah 44, 26 to 28, Jeremiah 24, 6, 31, 28. These are things that as you're, as you're going through this, but this, this phrase when he says to pluck up, and to break down is that is that fair is that do you like that translation uh, so i would translate it to remove and to tear down to mm-hmm. destroy and demolish to build and to plant okay and i have two words for this passage for this verse mm. creative destruction <laughs> creative destruction yeah, we Why talk we, we've talked about how we have this creative tension no my wife andrea came up with this this is a great uh, the creative tension she calls it <laughs> so what we have in this verse is creative destruction it's just not destruction. It's creative destruction. It, well, it is because the end is to build and to plant. Mm-hmm. So first things need to be torn down. I got to, you know, call on the, you know, the, the nations. And I love this. Again, he has the word goyim here, the nations. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's interesting because, you know, we I think of the prophets as, you know, maybe from this. Uh, and I, I'll, I'll call it. I'll call it like it is. It's an Israelocentric uh, way of reading scripture. I'll mm-hmm. admit that. Mm-hmm. There's a Judeocentric way of reading scripture that uh, mm-hmm. is my heritage. And I read this, and this is a prophecy to the nations. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's the Goyim. <laughs> well, what I, I have to say to, to you, Nehemiah, the, mm-hmm. the, the, what, what you were talking about earlier about the trance that uh, Jeremiah is, is yeah. in in verse 11 is where it gets really interesting. Yeah. Because that I think that shows the picture of what you're saying exactly. Yeah. A word of Yehovah came to him saying, what do you see, Jeremiah? This has been one of these passages, I have to say as it goes through here, where I really, 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 really love this. I love that he puts him through... What I call the test, you know, the, the, you know, the, the, some people talk about the sniff test, the sea test. He says, what do you see, Jeremiah? And Jeremiah says, I see a rod of an almond tree. Now, now think about this. He could have said, what do you see, Jeremiah? And Jeremiah could have, you know, we could have cut to the end and, and gone right to what the application is of what he sees. Instead, he takes him through the process. Yeah. Then Yehovah says to him, you have seen well, for I am watching over my word to perform it. Mm-hmm. Okay. What does that but mean? then I'm. What's the connection? No, wait, hold on, hold on. That's what I'm asking the question. All right. I see a rod of an almond tree. That's what it says in English. All right. So, so I actually bring this as an example of a Hebrew word pun in my in my book. Uh, no, uh, Hebrew Yeshua versus the Greek. Are you going to read? No, I'm not going to read. I thought that, by the way, I want to say I'm not making fun. You are making that was fun. Beautiful that you read. <laughs> you're mocking you could have, No, you could have cut it up by hand. I'm just kidding. Okay. <laughs> so it's in the book Hebrew Shua versus the Greek Jesus, and in the in the got to get that DVD. Book. You can also watch mm-hmm. it on YouTube. The DVD. Um, so so here is a classic Hebrew word pun, which is an integral part of the prophecy in English. That makes no sense. I don't mm-hmm. know how you could read that and make any sense of it. He says, "What do you see?" And he says, "Makel shaked aniroe." Mm-hmm. I see a shaked branch. Mm-hmm. And then he says, oh, ki shokedani devarila asoto, for I am watchful, or I would translate it diligent, to do, uh, uh, over my word to do it. Mm. Um, and it's interesting, he uses this verb again, and, and, and I don't, you got to read this, which is Jeremiah 31, 28, mm-hmm. which I think that was in your homework, wasn't it, which you just gave them. Yep. It says, and it shall come to pass, shakadati alehem, I shall be diligent over them, lintosh v'lintots v'laharos v'lahavidu l'harea, same series of verbs that we just read. To, uh, to remove and to tear down, to destroy. And, well, that's and, it. I'm going to ask you a question. No, no, no hold on. He okay. says, okay. So too will I be diligent or watchful over them to build and to plant, saith Yehovah. And interestingly here, the context in Jeremiah 31, 28 is the Brit Chadashah, the renewed covenant. Mm-hmm. So he's saying, just, I will be just as shokeh, just as almond branchy, just as watchful to tear down as I will to build, uh, to build as I was to tear down. 
I mean, this clearly is a continuation. Can I slow down and say passage? something so that they understand? Because I want to slow. I want to slow down, and I want you guys to understand this as you're listening. Yeah. So you talked about a Hebrew word pun, and so yeah. again, in English, in the NIV, for example, or the NASB, I'm reading, and it says, "What do you see, Jeremiah?" And he says, "I see a rod of a almond tree." Okay, right. and the word almond tree here is shaked. Then. The word of, and then Yehovah says to me, "You have seen well, for I am shakad, shoked, uh, shoked." So then, that's that's the word pun. Now I want to stop for a second. Yeah. Nehemiah, why would anyone want to? Um, what is all this Hebrew back and forth? And the ancient Hebrew sources and Hebrew this and Hebrew that. Let's stop for a second. Yeah. When I hear that verse. Mm-hmm. And I look at English and look at my Hebrew side by side and see those words jump off the page. Yeah. I get excited. Why Hebrew? What, what is it about Hebrew? What is it about the language that, that, that allows? And I'm just asking you this question. Mm-hmm. I mean, he could have picked any language. What is it about Hebrew? Right. Well, I mean, if we read you know, Genesis chapters 1 through 10, we see there's all these Hebrew names. Mm-hmm. And they only make sense in Hebrew. And it seems that Hebrew was the language before that God mixed up the languages. It's the original language. It's a language that in Zephaniah 3.9, he talks about, I will give them a pure language to all call upon me with uh, oh, my name, Yehovah, with one accord. So Hebrew is the language in which God spoke the world into, into existence. He created the world through the Hebrew language. And the Hebrew language has a certain characteristic, which is... is um, there are connections. It's, it's a verb-based language, an action-based language, and the nouns are often derived from these verbs mm-hmm. and, and sometimes vice versa. And so here you have this word shaked, which is an almond branch, and you have the word shoked, which means to be watchful or diligent. And in Hebrew, you hear that, and there, there's an immediate association, immediate connection. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of prophecies that are built, a lot of passages, entire passages in the Bible that are built on some verb or some action that then becomes a central concept that is it's it's – Appears again and again and again. I give you a million examples. So, but here's um, the, what's powerful about that. Yeah. This is just, here's what's powerful about that. I could read this verse 57 different times in the NASB and never catch that. Yeah, and in the Hebrew, it's immediately obvious. In fact, it's the whole point. It's not it. exactly. It's so, be point. Jeremiah. Do you think Jeremiah didn't didn't make the connection between the, the two? I mean, Jeremiah clearly understands that that's what that's what he's talking about. I mean, I just ah. so that the almond branch rep- symbolizes God's diligence to do His word. It also reminds you of the of the event that happened with um, with uh, with Aaron with the almond branch and yes. the flowering and it be putting being put in the presence yes. of the ark, not inside the ark. <laughs> yes. So so there's all this series of associations when yes. you say, "Oh, I see an almond branch. Yeah. I'm diligent." And then he kind of vis- revisits that theme, meaning Jeremiah oh. thirty one twenty eight. It's a reminder to come to pass that as I have watched over Shakad. Shoked over them to pluck up, to break down, to throw down, to destroy, and to afflict. So I will shakad. I will watch over them to build mm. and to plant. Saith Yehovah. This could be someone's so, yeah, morning morning yeah. devotion. Just this Beautiful. one verse. Uh, these two verses, verses one eleven and one twelve. Yeah. And just getting a chance to see those words jump off the page like that, and why he said to see it. Yeah. And we get it gets better because the next verse says this. No, I'm not. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I, I'm going to bring something a little off topic, but, but it's not in one of the prophet portions. But it has our ver- our our word. Oh. And, it's, and it's Jeremiah 44, verses 26 to 27. Mm. And there we have this word, shakadat shoked, mm-hmm. which is the exact same word. So can I read these two verses? Please, and please. Just really, really quickly so we can go on. 44, 26 to 27. I'm going to read to you in the, I'll read to you in the, in the JPS, uh, Jewish Publication Society Translation. Um, hold on. It is. Okay. Yet hear the word of Yehovah, all Judeans who dwell in the land of Egypt. Now, this is interesting because Jeremiah starts out in Anatot. He migrates to Jerusalem where he prophesies, and then he ends up being taken as a prisoner to Egypt mm-hmm. by the Jews who survived the destruction of the temple. Yet hear the word of Yehovah, all Judeans who dwell in the land of Egypt. Lo, I swear by my great name, said Yehovah, that none of the men of Judah in all the land of Egypt shall ever again invoke my name, saying, as Yehovah lives. I will be shoked, I will be almond branch, I will be diligent, watchful over them to their hurt, not to their benefit. All the men of Judah in the land of Egypt shall be consumed by sword and by famine until they cease to be. Mm-hmm. Wow. So God is saying he's diligent on the Jews of e- Egypt. It says literally in Hebrew to do evil. Mm-hmm. Um, and it says he swore that they would no longer speak his name. And this meant God was diligently going to do evil on them. Mm-hmm. Pro- forbidding them to preventing them from speaking his name if they had called on his name he 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 would have answered their prayers that's something mm-hmm. we've seen before that when you have a difficult time that was in the prayer of solomon that you know if you if you know when something is going wrong you're attacked by an enemy call on my name 
and I'll answer. So he's saying to them, you'll never say my name again. Mm-hmm. He denied them the use of his name so he could diligently carry out their punishment for their sins. Mm-hmm. And originally the Jews of Egypt were wiped out to the last man because they couldn't call the name of Jehovah. That was a curse. Mm-hmm. I mean, to me, that's, wow, that, that makes me step back and say, uh-oh, these people were wiped out. And it's interesting. You can't show me anywhere a commandment in the Torah, in the Tanakh, anywhere in the Hebrew Bible that says, don't speak my name, you know, the, the way our modern rabbinical tradition has taught. And, and this is the closest thing where God says, here's the curse on the Jews of Egypt who took Jeremiah as a prisoner. They're going to be wiped out to the last man because they won't be able to speak my name. Mm. And I say, wait a minute. I don't want to be under that curse. I want to call on the name of Jehovah and ask him for his salvation, for his, for his, uh, mm-hmm. you know, to, to, just like he said to Jeremiah, I'm, I'm going to rescue you. I need to call on that name. So he responds. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be under the curse of Egypt, of the Jews of Egypt. Mm-hmm. I want him to be diligent and respond when I call. Amen. May Amen. it be. Verse 13. Yes. The word of Yehovah came unto me a second time saying, what do you see? And I said, I see a boiling pot facing away from the north. Then Yehovah said to me, out of the north, the evil will break forth on all the inhabitants of the land. Do we need a word pun or is that pretty clear? <laughs> There's a word pun, but, yep. we, but let's move on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So in other words, <laughs> here there is saying, a word pun there. Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. Because so the word for, for boiling over is, is right, but go on. Yeah, no, 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 no. And actually people can take a look at this. Be, so the word tipatach and nafuach yep, is a word yep. pun there. Excellent. How is tipatach translated in it's yours? break forth. Break forth. So that yep. word breaking forth yep. is, sounds like it's actually not from the same root, yep. but it, it sounds very much like the word for boiling over. Amen. Amen. Okay. For behold, I am calling all the families of the kingdoms of the north, declares Yehovah. And they will come, and they will set each one of his throne at the entrance of the gates of Jerusalem, and against all its walls around about, and against the cities of Judah, before you go any further. So here we are sitting here. So yesterday, I was, um, again, uh, we had a day off. Man, hey, we had a day off, folks. And uh, in the day off, I, I went and spent the time in the old city, and most, half the day and the half the day, I went to um, uh, to an Arab village. Uh, but but the point is, I was I was by the walls of the oh, the old you know the walls present day walls which are, are not necessarily talking about the same walls, but but basically it says here uh, one of his throne at the entrance of the gates of Jerusalem and Nehemiah we we've, we've been up to some, some gates. of them are the same gates so yeah so for example we did a, we did a, a, a an audio uh, uh, you know Nehemiah's got this thing now you guys know this this like my camera was was huge he's got this microphone and oh no it's golden I need one. <laughs> You can one them. man, one microphone. Yeah. And no, <laughs> get it on Amazon. No, but we, uh, we, we, went over, we went over to yeah. one of the gates and, yeah. and, and actually sat outside. And the we did Damascus an audio gate. blog there. Yeah, yeah it's going to be in fact, make so it available. People to could them. subscribe in the Chemi's Wall. Yeah. Uh, the audio blog, go to iTunes or to uh, your favorite podcast program, mm. type in the Chemi's Wall, Nehemiah's Wall, and you'll find my podcast. Subscribe and you'll get these uh, these updates. So here's yeah. they said each each one of this is speaking at, at, at the gates of Jerusalem. And against all its walls around about and against all the cities of Judah. So yeah. they set each one of his throne yeah. at the entrance or his chair or is it is it throne? You know, I mean, basically, but basically they're, they're sitting there. So I want to talk about what this means. Mm-hmm. What is this referring to? Mm-hmm. That, tell us. Who's the enemy from the north? And, and there's two ways of reading this and maybe mm-hmm. both are valid. But first of all, we have to ask when Jeremiah said this, who was he talking about? Mm-hmm. When Jehovah said this through Jeremiah, clearly he was speaking about the Babylonian invasion. Yes. We know that because we read the rest of the book. <laughs> and the Babylonians come and they, and they, and they yeah. uh, lay siege to Jerusalem. But imagine he's saying this early on in his ministry and people are like, guy's crazy. What are you talking about? We, mm-hmm. We're in with all the pe- right people. We've got the alliance with Egypt. We've got the alliance with, mm-hmm. with ba- we got nothing to fear. What are you talking about? They're going to come invade and you get out of here. Mm-hmm. And, and, um, but this came true. Uh, but then definitely I think there's people who will read this today and say, oh, the enemy from the north. That is, you know, that is Russia, or that's the European Union. Well, you know, they get they, to that. I mean, that's, so can you talk about no, that? No, no, that's exactly. I mean, so they read this and they say, well, this is dealing with present day. So who's in the north now? It wasn't in the north then. And then they they, they name the names of the, mm-hmm. the nations, and depending on the political stature or situation. Yeah. Uh, and this has been historic that people yeah. have done that. Yeah. And by the way, Babylon being in the north, it's actually northeast of Israel. Mm-hmm. But when you but when you come from Babylon to Israel, you can't go through the Syrian desert back then. So you traveled through uh, through Syria itself, coming literally coming down from the north. Mm-hmm. From the for for the perspective of an Israelite, Babylon is, is due north, meaning you mm-hmm. go due north, and yeah, you hang a right somewhere and go east. But mm-hmm. basically, you come from the north, mm-hmm. sweeping down through uh, Damascus and mm-hmm. Lebanon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but yeah. So, who does this refer to? Is this the European Union? Is this Putin? <laughs> Can we find the word here that uh, based on gematria is the same num- num- numbers as Putin and? 
Maybe if we read it backwards, it's the name Putin. Niput, Nitum. What's Putin backwards? Nitup. Nitup. Well, and here's the word Nitup. Tipatach is the word shall break forth, and that's Putin. I don't know. Can we do that? Is, no, that, is that legit? I well, I don't think so. Um, I don't know that it's not legit. No. I don't know. Is it? Let me ask. Here's the more fundamental question. And please come to Nehemiahswall.com and, and Keith's website, BFAinternational.com, BFA and share your thoughts on this. Mm. Is it legitimate that this could be speaking about the Babylonians in the time of Jeremiah and some future nation that hasn't even. We well, I don't know, don't why, it know couldn't, why it couldn't do that. I mean, yeah, dual fulfillment. Yeah, dual or fulfillment. Maybe even a multiple fulfillment. Yeah, many times we. T- it uh, is interesting that. that every single time, go look this up. Just about, I think there's an exception, but pretty much every time that Jerusalem has ever been captured, it was always captured from the north. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's actually a geographical reason for that. That Mount Scopus overlooks the old city of Jerusalem. And if you want to capture Jerusalem, first you've got to see what's going on and you've got to capture Mount Scopus. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you, then you know, okay, here's where I attack. That's so cool, though, because you go there. <laughs> so it's always been captured from the north. Yeah, and you look and you see, and this is where they would have come from. Yeah. Wow. Amazing. Also, the northern side of the city is the weak, has the weakest defenses. Because mm-hmm. on the other three sides, there are, there are these deep gorges. So if you're going to capture the city, you capture it from the north. Even in 1967, in the Six-Day War, they captured it from the north. Mm. They went through Lion's Gate. Wow. So uh, I will pronounce my judgments on them concerning all their wickedness, whereby they have forsaken me and have offered sacrifices to other gods and worshipped the works of their own hands. And we've talked about this a yeah. lot. Um, you know, but it here, here's where again, and I don't want to go ahead. If you want to say something about it, no, this is the next verse to me is 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 kind of is an, is, is an athlete's kind of um, image. Now gird up your loins and arise. You know, like, put on your. <laughs> Tell equipment. me how that's an athlete's. No, 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 no. Image, no. Is it like before they go out and play football. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, it's like it's like put get, on your. your you know, get your, your stuff ready. Or? You're about ready to go out and do what oh, you got to okay. do. You know, you got to. <laughs> Pull wait, your pants you pre- up. Wait, did you preach this when you were in the Vikings? No, no, no. I did not preach this, but I should have. Okay. Uh, gird up your loins and arise and speak to them all which I command you. Because he says earlier, I'm yeah. going to be the one that commands you. Yeah. Do not be dismayed before them. Or I and I love this. Dismayed. It says do no. not fear. Yeah. Don't be okay. afraid because of them or I'll make you Here's afraid. what I love this about this. He's saying, look, if you're going to be afraid before them, then I'm going to make you afraid. Right. <laughs> like, wait a minute. And the word isn't just afraid. Yeah. Techat, which is like yeah. to be terrified. This is why they Don't use the word. Don't be terrified of this them. This is why they use the Lest word. Lest I make you terrified yeah. before them. Yep, yep, yep. To be terrified. But I mean, what I love about it is, is that he's basically saying, look, don't be afraid because if you are going to be afraid, I'm going to make you afraid. Mm-hmm. Just don't be afraid. Yeah. <laughs> and I love the image in this next verse. Come on with it. Say it. And I, behold, I will make you or I'll place you today as an ilmiftsar, a fortified city Ula'amud Barzel, and as a, an iron pillar, Ulchomot Nechoshet, and as a, a, a brass or bronze or copper wall uh, over all the earth. And, 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 and you know, here, today we hear that and we're like, so what's the significance of it being iron and brass? That's because their stuff was made out of stone. But, you know, the iron and the, bra- and the bronze, those are much stronger materials. But you can never make a wall out of iron mm-hmm. or, or bronze because they didn't have that much iron or bronze. Your sword is made of iron or bronze. The wall, the wall is made of stone. But imagine if you had enough. And in modern terms, what you have to think of is like steel, right? You're going to make a mm-hmm. wall out of steel. Wow, that's a pretty strong wall mm-hmm. versus something made out of, you know, plaster or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so this, this is an image of like, wow, God isn't just going to be our defense. He's not just going to be our fortress. He's not just going to defend us. He's going to be for us this wall of bronze. You know, imagine they come with the battering ram and instead of it shattering the wall, it just gets mm-hmm. absorbed by that bronze. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Pretty cool. Wow. So um, for the kings of Judah and, and her officers and for the Kohanim and for the people and her calling her priests and for the people of the land. Mm-hmm. And they're going to fight against you, but they will not prevail. They're going to fight against you. Look at I mean he doesn't say he doesn't say all right, I'm going to keep you away from the fight. This and I talk about this a lot. I really love this. He said they're going to yeah. fight against you. You're going to be in a fight. They're going to fight against you, but they will not overcome you. Is these the word you overcome? But it, 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 it it's like they will not uh, can I say this? They will not be able. That's literally <laughs> what it says in Hebrew. Yeah. They will not- Yeah, I got that out of the NASB. Oh, they got long. it right. No, I made it. Oh, oh you, did you get that out of the Hebrew? Are you cheating? Yeah, I am the cheating. There, I am. So, um, oh, I'm allowed to look in Hebrew. No, no kidding you me. Stay in the English. Yeah, stay in English. I'm kidding. Hey, by the way, I want to stop here for yeah. a second about that uh-huh. um, yeah. because I want to have a, a ministry minute about okay. what you just said. Yeah. So, um, there's been this. There's been a real issue. I've been talking to some people about the series that we're presently in. If you haven't heard about it, we're in a beginning Hebrew course. And you know, what? I got to say something. It's probably going to be the most controversial thing I'm saying. You're going to have to balance me out. Okay. You said. Um, you said. Uh, hey, you, you, you're looking at the Hebrew. I'm only supposed to be look at the Hebrew, and and no, and and, and what's what's what really, 
So I had an interaction a long time ago with a man. He was he was called a rabbi. Oh. And um, he wasn't a real rabbi, uh, but but this this guy was called a rabbi, and his whole point was that you must not learn to read the Hebrew, because if you learn to read the Hebrew, that's and he, he, for an entire hour he, uh, he 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 argued about why you must never learn the Hebrew, because if you learn the Hebrew, it will lead you astray, and you get into all sorts of things that are not good for you, etc. And his his point was, you don't need to learn the Hebrew. I've got it, so you just learn it from me. And, and and in all seriousness, this was a challenge for me. And this happened now going on about 12 years, I think it is. I think it was more than that. Yeah, okay. yeah. No, it's about 12 years. And and I've always been frustrated by his, his approach because his approach was, I've got the answers. I've got the access to the answers. And what I used to get frustrated about this particular man is I'm not going to talk about him. I'm going to blot his name out of my, my mouth. Uh, what I, what I get, used to get frustrated about him, he would teach some concept and he'd have whole sets of videos and you'd watch the concept and he'd say, and we believe that and we know that and the tradition is this and the, and the, and the grammatria is this and the, and, the, and, the, and the hidden meaning is this and the sod is this. And he would never, ever give me the ability to go and find out where it was that he was talking. So basically, what I you loved, could never know it without you him. You could never know it without him. And mm-hmm. what I want to say about that was a pre- precursor to the Ministry Minute is that one of the reasons that I'm so convinced that we need to give people the access, like you said, Keith, um, if you said, oh, wait, you're, you're looking at the Hebrew too. And I want to say to people, you know what? You can look at the Hebrew too. Amen. You can actually learn um, to be able to use some of the tools regarding this. Now, I, I will say something, mm-hmm. and I want to say this, Nehemiah, to give honor to the, the long process that people have in, whether it's how they grew up. You know, you say you went to school as a, as a young child, and you in the first and second and third grade, they're reading Hebrew, and it's an easy language. And, and then you go from there, and you're, you're learning from other people, and then you go to school, and then you study on your own. It, it really is a lifelong process. That's mm-hmm. what I would say. Yeah. Hebrew is a lifelong process. But learning to be able to know what a, where a word is and understand that word, some of the grammar around it, that's really why I created this course. This course is for people What's the course who want, called? it's called Biblical Hebrew Audio Course. It's a Scripture Bites Biblical Hebrew Audio Course. And the reason I'm bringing it up is you kind of led me into that. You said, hey, you're not supposed to be looking at that. And there are people that would say, don't you look at it because it'll confuse you. It'll fr- you. Who knows? Maybe one day you'll decide you want to be converted and... I got to say, and I want to say something. Why should we be afraid of the language that God chose? Why should we be afraid of the language? Now, all the stuff that comes along with it, I'm not for it. I'm not for all the other bells and whistles that don't have to do with the text. I'm just not. But I am for people getting a chance to interact with the text. And this is an opportunity for you to do that at a beginner level. And who knows, maybe we'll go to an intermediate later. But for now, giving people a chance to do that so they can know that word. For example... They will fight against you, but they will not be able. In English, it says to overcome you. For I am with you to deliver you, declares Yehovah. They could actually go through that. And let me give you one last thing. Mm-hmm. At the first lesson, guaranteed at the end of the first lesson, they'll actually read a verse out of the Hebrew Bible and know what it means. Wow. Yeah. After the first lesson. So anyway, I want to thank you for now giving is, me that software. Now is this the verse uh, and the it's Lord a, spoke to Moses saying? Is <laughs> yeah, no, no. Okay. <laughs> no, but you gave it a softball. And I, I want to okay. tell you that, yeah. that I really am serious about that, that people should okay. get a chance to And they can access. find that on your website, yep. bfainternational.com, front page. Awesome. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I really appreciate what you said. And you've, you've told me this before, and, and, and it really inspires me. You know, um, one of the images in my ministry, McCore Hebrew Foundation, it's really about empowering people with information, getting them back to the Hebrew sources of their faith so they don't have to rely on, you yep. know, it used used to say this that that there were, there were people out there who would present themselves. Uh, maybe they weren't even Jewish, but they'd say, "I'm the Jew with the secret," and you've got to you know pay me the money to get the secret. And and all, what I've always been about is you know, and you could never get this information on your own. You always had to pay them mm-hmm. and go through their videos and, and and do their teachings. You could never go to the sources yourself and find this out. Is that right? No, that's exactly. You okay. just put the hell up. And you know, and you know, this really resonates with me. This problem because when I was growing up, I was I the way I was taught is you never read a verse by itself. You always read it with the rabbi teaching you what it means. And we would read a verse. I was I remember I was this little kid. I was sitting and tells yeshiva with a with a, a tutor who was one of the yeshiva um, advanced students and my father hired him as a tutor and we would sit there and we would read and we'd read the verse in Genesis and we'd read what Rashi said, read the verse from Genesis, read what Rashi said. And I remember thinking, and he, I remember thinking, wow, Rashi is so smart. He's a 12th century rabbi. 
I, rem- I remember thinking, I read that verse and I, I, I would have never known that. He, he gives the meaning and I would have never come to the conclusion that this was the true meaning of the verse. And I remember, I remember praying to God, thinking, God, I want one day to be as smart as Rashi that I could read that verse and come to the same conclusion as he came to. And later, many years later, uh, and now I can say with complete confidence, having a, a master's degree from the Hebrew University of Jerusalem, probably, not probably, definitely knowing more Hebrew than Rashi knew in the 12th century. Because look, things have been oh, discovered yeah. that he didn't know. Oh. Um, that he was just making it up. What he would do is he would read a verse and he would say, well, our rabbi said this is what it really means, so let me tell people that's what it means. But there's no way you could read that verse and come to that conclusion unless you had that um, additional information that was made up. And what I realized is I want to empower other people with that same sort of information. Mm-hmm. I don't want people to say, oh, we've, we, you know, we can never know this unless we listen to what Nehemiah has to say. And, and, and then when we tell people, you know, this is Nehemiah's secret that we're now sharing, that's not what it's about for me. What it's about for me is empowering people with that information so they can own it for themselves, so they can go, I'll show them the source, they'll look at the source, they'll go check if what I said is correct about the source, and they'll say, wow, this has nothing to do with Nehemiah. This is what it says in the Aleppo Codex. Mm. This has nothing to do with Nehemiah. This is what it says in the Leningrad Codex. This has nothing to do with Keith. This is what it says in this ancient Jewish source. And this is what it says in that ancient Jewish source. And I could look and I could see those three letters of the root myself. And I could see that the word is Shaked. Shin Kuf Dalid. That's the word of the week to, to, to watch over Give them that. Slow it down and say it again. Slow the down and give them that. The word of the week is Shaked. Shin Kuf Dalid, which means both almond branch or almond, and it also means um, to be diligent. And you can go look that up for yourself. You don't need Keith. You don't need Nehemiah. You don't need some Jew with the secret or some Methodist with the with, with oh, the you know, whatever with the, with the revelation. Yeah. The revelation is we've got to empower ourselves with this information, so we're not being you know ruled by these by you know these people who are leading us astray, and there's no way to check what they said. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean that again. That was your experience with the with with this um, mm-hmm. with this pseudo rabbi, and that was my experience with this genuine rabbi Rashi in the 12th century. And and and, I, and my feeling was, wait a minute, I don't want to ever have to you know um, read the verse and feel like I'm an idiot because I don't see what it says, mm-hmm. even though I know Hebrew better than the guy who wrote it. Mm-hmm. I want I want that's what I want to empower people with mm-hmm. that. Um, it's not because Nehemiah said it, but I was able to interact with this ancient word of God myself in the original Hebrew language. Yeah. And maybe you don't have time to go study at the Hebrew University of Jerusalem, but that's what my ministry is, to empower you with that information, mm-hmm. even if you don't have that time. Mm-hmm. W- with whatever you can do, the best that you can do, to give you those tools that you can go and interact with the original language, history, and context. Now, I want to make a confession. Nehemiah's Wall.com. No, you know, yeah, so here's the temptation. The temptation yeah. has always been for me from where, because of where I come from. Mm-hmm. When I run across some of the things that, that I see, they are so compelling and they're so amazing. And there are those opportunities where you really can go further. And I want to say something to my many, many of my friends that are, that are rabbis that I've, that I've gotten a chance to know that, that really do have amazing insights. Just because, partially because of where they come from and are constantly dealing with the Hebrew text. And I'm not talking about outside of scripture, that there are many, many men, many men that, that have, have done a really beautiful job of explaining things. But I always, and I want to say this, I always want to be able to check it for myself. If there's anything we say more than anything, would you not think you must check check it for yourself? We must check it for yourself. And and how do you check it for yourself? And this is where I want to give, I want to throw a little, little something out there. There, there takes some, there's some effort. There's some effort to seeking and finding and learning. And, and, you know, I, I found so many people in these different movements that take the shortcuts and the shortcuts are often the things that are more uh, appealing. Here's the quick shortcut. Here's the answer. And I, you know, I'm not going to tell you where it got it because if you got it, you might may go further. But I think what we've always tried to ask each other and ask each other, and we've done this in our own studies, is we'll look at a passage together, and, and, and you know, we'll go back and forth. So where did you get that? You know, and we'll go back and forth, back and forth, and that really started Nehemiah because of the in, the information in Jerusalem when we're walking in the old city of Jerusalem. We're walking along, and I've got my Bible, and you've got your Bible, and they actually look alike from the outside. From the outside, I've been, you know, I haven't seen you with that Bible forever. Because I, got a, a little I got, a, I got a phone now and a computer. <laughs> and I hate that, has the folks, same thing. And I absolutely hate that. And I've hated it the whole time. He had this little Bible. that I still yet. got the little Bible, but I'm getting older. And now I can make the font as big as I want on, okay. my, on, my, on my iPad and my tablet. My but, but here's, you know, and I, I've <laughs> talked about this several times, and I'll end with this. So many times where I, I would see that Bible that would be worn that you had and my Bible that was worn. And that, and that you were literally reading it like reading it in, in its context. And that's been a lifelong process for me. I'm doing that me. now I'm on my screen. screen. I'm enjoy- yeah. I, I, 
I hate the computer, folks. And yet I love the, I love what the computer can do. I love David, what the computer can do. David size 20. I you know, I'm sitting here. Nehemiah's got his computer. I can send a picture to people. He's got his computer, and I've got one, two, two books open, and then I've got my computer. I just can't study the Bible without looking in a book. I just love it. It's just my, my tradition. You mean a printed book. A printed book, exactly. Okay. Anyway, but anyway, folks, be encouraged because you can learn some of this information and so that you can begin to understand it for yourself. I don't remember where we're at. Um, well, let, let, I mean, look, we're out 19. of time. I'm gonna, I'm yeah. gonna skip to chapter two, verse three, and I'm gonna pray. Okay. It says, "Kodesh Yisrael Yehovah, Israel is holy to Yehovah. Reshit vato, the 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 first fruits of his harvest of his, of yes. his produce. Yes. Kolochlavi Ashamu, all those who eat it, who eat Israel, who consume Israel, will be guilty. Ra'atavolehem, evil will come upon them. Neum Yehovah, saith Yehovah." Yehovah Goalenu, Yehovah Redeemer. I am so thankful that I had the opportunity to study your word in the original language history and context for all of my complaints of, of, of things that I was presented that weren't true. At least I had the opportunity to learn in the original language mm-hmm. to, to then know eventually that what was true and what was not. That you gave me the discernment to be able to read your word and to love your word. And, yes. and, and years later, after that, that head knowledge, you then you, you wrote it on my heart, Yehovah. Mm-hmm. And, and Yehovah, that was so painful. And it continues to be painful in some ways. But it's forced open my heart to you and forced me to get down on my face and, and come before you in humility, Yehovah. And you continue to, be, to shape me and to fashion me. Mm-hmm. And Yehovah, your people Israel, as you say here, they're the first fruit of your harvest. And, and I ask for protection upon the first fruit. Hmm. The birds of prey want to swoop down on the first fruit. And, and the enemy wants to come and steal the first fruit hmm. and make it their own. And Yehovah, you, you protect it. It's only through you that it can be protected, Yehovah. Yehovah, protect your first fruit, all your people here in, in your holy city, Jerusalem, and, and in Israel, and all those who call upon your name throughout the world. Yehovah, put your protection upon all those first fruit of yours and all of your harvest. Mm. All those who eat it, who attack it, they will be guilty. Evil will come upon them, Yehovah. And, and so I ask that you protect your people and and protect those who want to attack your, your people from, from their own evil. Turn their hearts to good, that they repent. And if they don't repent, Yehovah, I know you, you can protect your people. And Yehovah, continue to give Keith and me this um, ability to explore your word together and mm-hmm. make us not like Jeremiah and Anatot, who, who heard your word being proclaimed, who heard your name being proclaimed and the people shouting over it miles away in Jerusalem. Let us stand before you in your holy courts mm-hmm. in the day when the high priest stands in the rebuilt temple and proclaims your name, Yehovah, yeah. and let us be among those who say, Blessed is the glorious name of his kingdom forever. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to Prophet Pearls with Nehemia Gordon and Keith Johnson. For more information, please visit nehemiaswall.com and bfainternational.com.